disgusting behavior. This is why you'll never get a man. <laughs> Hello, and welcome back to the Point and Laugh podcast with your hosts, Skylar and Kaylin. We have, um, we've, we've been through a lot since we, we last recorded. <laughs> no, what I was saying earlier, this is like so not important or interesting, um, but guess what? I'm going to say it anyway, so buckle up. Um, I, <laughs> Men so, are all to do that on their podcasts. <laughs> so I, that's her excuse every time we say some stupid shit. We're just like, because it's a true. man would do it. Because it's true. No, I was driving here and it's finally hot in LA um thank god took long enough literally halfway through July and we're in the 90s like I just feel like I just feel like that should have happened earlier um hard disagree I'm good I'm with, just saying I like, want that LA like 70s yeah nine like 80s maybe 90s it's like I can only go so far I'm not a lizard but isn't that but I'm saying like not necessarily that we want it but like that's the way mother nature desires you know like i, I like i feel like it should have been 90s in like june mm. um i'm not like completely against the fact that it was a little bit cooler um except for when it was rainy and cloudy and like 60 degrees that was stupid then we can blame all of our problems on the weather yes exactly <laughs> i know now my problems are just my problems <laughs> now i have to deal with that um oh but anyway yeah so it's 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 finally hot out so it's driving down the highway with all of your windows rolled down era of summer. Um, I need to start keeping like a scarf or something in my car because holy shit, I probably, I did end up rolling the windows up eventually because I was like, I, I can't be driving. This is unsafe. Cause your hair is just like in your eyes. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, I am driving with like blind. half blind. Yeah. I'm like, I can see things barely. Um, like so every I, two seconds, both my eyes can close yeah. and it'd be the same amount of vision. So I, um, yeah, I did end up rolling my, my windows up when I was like, this seems like, this seems like a hazard. Oh shit. We have to turn the AC off. Oh no. I'm so sorry. Um, okay. Drinky of the day. Oh my God. We both have our cheers. Wait. Oh, I might've splashed the microphone a little bit. Um, we both have our San Pellegrinos. Um, cheers. Clink. Aww. Um, I have Aranciata, which is just orange. Is that orange in Italian? I would assume so. Yes, because mine is the same, but red. <gasps> Ar- Aranciata Rosa. No. When is the Italy trip, Kaylin? <laughs> when is it? <sighs> They'll never know. I feel like everyone and their mother is in Italy right now, though. Yeah, a lot of people And, like, are. bitching about it. I wish it were me. That's like a new trend on TikTok is like all these people are going to Europe for the first time and being like, this is why Europe is awful and don't go. And I'm like, mm. I've seen people do that with Paris. They're like unromanticizing Paris yeah. and they show like graffiti and trash on the street. And I'm like, what the fuck did like, it's a city. It's a, it's a incredibly famous metropolitan area with like a million people living in it. Did you expect like yeah. ratatouille? Literally. All the time. <laughs> um, yeah. Speaking of like de-romanticizing <laughs> places. I don't know. I feel like LA is already like pretty de-romanticized like i feel like a lot of people know the reality of of la i've seen more anti-la than i've ever seen pro-la which is why yeah. honestly i was like so scared shitless to move out here is because i'm like every single thing about la that i've ever seen read watched regardless yeah. has always been like this town is a killer this town yeah. is a personality destroyer this town will turn you into an asshole and everyone here sucks yeah that I moved out here and I'm like, oh man, I'm gonna have a fucking miserable time. And then I met like my best friends and I'm like, oh, oh. 
Um, no, I was literally talking to my therapist about that on Friday. I was like, um, yeah, I had a like not amazing experience that I can't really get into on the pod. Um, but it really like shook me and kind of made me be like, what? Like, is this what I want? Like, this is this where I want to be. Is this what I want to do? I don't know what the fuck is going on. Um, but I, I don't know. I definitely feel like there is a environment and just especially because of like the industries that are in LA. Um, it, there are a lot of very like elitist people here. And I think that's kind of what people mean when they're like, LA changes you. But it's also like, then surround yourself with good people who like you love and who have similar morals and values than you. And I know that's like easier said than done. But anyway, anyway, um, yesterday we went to a like Taylor Swift night at some club that we had never been to before. Um, We show up in the oobs. We are in literally what looks like Gotham. (laughs) (laughs) I'm expecting the fucking Joker, the Riddler and the Batman to be driving down, like having an active shootout. And we're looking around and we're like, Mm-hmm. But honestly, like, it was a sketchy area, but I felt safe because uh, Taylor Swift fans, and this isn't a call out because this, so is much, a, yeah. this is a cell phone, are some of the dorkiest people alive. And I'm like, I'm I'm with very tame company. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is, like, no one else was really around except for the people who, like, were going to the Taylor Swift night. Um, but yeah, it literally, there was like one flickering street light. Every single building was black, covered, like from bottom to top in graffiti, trash everywhere. Yeah. It was just like, it, it, it was just, it was very sketchy. I told her, I was like, I wonder if they like had to pick a venue that was in the middle uh-huh. of buttfuck nowhere because they knew the volume of having a ton of Taylor Swift fans in one enclosed building screaming at the top of their lungs they're like we can't afford noise complaints yeah we have to put them in the organ harvesting factory so that way no one can hear these screams screams. um yeah and i i like listen the dj was trying her best (laughs) like nothing but love nothing but love to the dj i think you did what you could um but here's the thing not every taylor swift in fact a lot of taylor swift songs are not like dance club songs yeah like there's a lot of songs that you can like scream sing to and they're fun and and those were played but then there's also a lot of like ballads right Mm -hmm. and like her like folk era and like when those are being played everyone's just kind of like swaying and they're like yeah and like singing along but it's not like like it brings down the vibe of Mm -hmm. of, like the joint because it's not like that's not what what the energy is needing no definitely there are some taylor swift songs and i'm like why don't you play this more in clubs like yeah you've got like a really like smooth dance beat and I was like, yeah, this is fun. However, a lot of the people there weren't interested in dancing. They were interested in singing along, which is why, like, they were also playing the full versions of all of these songs. Mm -hmm. Even, like, you know, when you go to a club and they're playing songs that you know, they won't play the whole thing. They'll play, like, you know, most of it, and then they'll transition to the next song or whatever. But, no, it's like this DJ knew that if, like, she skimped out on any, like, the bridge of any of these songs, it would be a fight. And I just realized about, like, maybe level, not level, hour two of me sitting here, I'm like, you know what? Um, This might be the dorkiest thing ever. Because, like, it had officially become so packed in this warehouse that, like, I couldn't even really dance. Yeah. So, like, even if I wanted to, like, dance, like, a usual club setting, 
first of all, no one around me is dancing. So I look like the asshole for like trying to move my uh-huh. body in like a sardine environment when everyone else is good to just like hold their drinks and sing loudly. And I'm like, okay, I didn't volunteer for a Taylor Swift sing along. I can do that for free in my car. Mm-hmm. AC all the way up. Yeah, I'm like, I turn into, frankly, a cunt whenever in, like, crowded situations because I love my personal space. I need my personal space. So I hold my own. And, like, whether that's, like, (laughs) the polite thing to do and whether it's always warranted. Like, I'm not afraid to throw a bow, you know? But not, like, outside of my personal bubble. But, no, there were these girls that were, like, standing next to us. And I'm like, all love to them. They were having a good time. But also, if you could stop backing up your sweaty fucking, like, arms mm-hmm. all across my back and my... My like, they sunburnt just... arms and back. Because the yeah. two of us just went to the beach earlier that day. I don't Burnt. know if you've peeped my awful sunburn. I'm screaming in agony all the time. Some... This, it was an accident. And, like, three oh. three songs later, they apologized for it. But someone punched the back of my head. And it was, like... It was at, like, the beat drop of a song, uh-huh. so, like, I knew exactly why it happened. Like, right when I went up to, like, raise my arm, someone just, like, boom, and I, like, <laughs> fell forward. And I'm, like, ooh, ow. <laughs> like, this isn't fun anymore. Ooh, ouch, ouch, owie, owie, ow, 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 ow. <laughs> well, it was fine. But, yeah, yeah, definitely, like, it was just Taylor Swift songs with, like, occasionally, like, a dance beat put on top yeah. of it through some sort of, like, program or whatever, and it's, well, like... I can't, I don't want to dance to shake it off. I don't want to. And the transitions were. They weren't. So garbage. They were so bad. They were so bad. (laughs) Well, like she tried, she, she, she tried to do some transitions, but she was like transitioning from one song that like did not transition well into the next. And then like, also she was trying to put like beats behind the songs, but the beats like didn't match up with the tempo of like the song. So it just, it sounded wrong. It's like, what is happening? If I were to give a guesstimate, it's that the venue or whoever just had like a list of like, you will sing these songs and sing, you will play these songs, make them work. Yeah. And it's like, sure, you have style coming right after Maroon, and then Maroon's going to feature right into right where you left me, and then that's going to go into Willow. And it's this DJ is probably looking at the set list going, oh, okay. Uh, (laughs) I super don't know what you want me to do about that. But I'm also like, maybe you should have prepared a little more beforehand. I don't know. Am I a hater? Maybe I'm just a hater. But I like, think you might be. It wasn't good. No, like, it I... Was not, it was not the best that it could have been. Yeah. It was better than the other Taylor Swift night that but we I went to. But I think that but... might be wise. Like, we went to another, like, Taylor Swift-themed night. But, like, they actually like, a good DJ. And I think... I think mm-hmm. a lot of decent DJs in LA would be, like, a Taylor Swift-exclusive night. I'm not fucking doing that. I... Yeah. People can get snobby about Taylor Swift. And, you know what? Sometimes I'm like... Uh, some so many of her songs get overplayed to the point where I'm like, I don't want to hear these anymore. But I feel like to find a DJ that was willing to sit there and do like four hours of the loudest set ever, but like they they had to get like a level one DJ that's like, yeah, I can do that for how yeah. much? And like all the good DJs are like, no, <laughs> I'm not doing that. I have respect, self-respect mm-hmm. as a DJ. <laughs> as, as a DJ myself. Um, shall we get... Mm-hmm. Get into it. Do you want to lead in? Because you, this is kind of your idea. <laughs> so, um, I'm a hater. I'm cynical, and romance is dead. So, 
um, I saw this video, like, idea swimming around TikTok where it was basically like, do you think so-and-so rom-com couples, like, once the credits rolled, do you think they actually, like, are, like, ended up together or in if they were in your world are still together? Mm-hmm. And for some of it, I'm like, okay, well, that's not, that's, that's no fun. Like, so much of, of movies, like, especially rom-coms are like, don't think about that. Like, mm-hmm. the movie is over. Especially, like... You know, I don't want to go to every, like, Hallmark Christmas movie and be like, I don't think they end up together. That's not the point. You're supposed to watch this and get those Christmas vibes, get the Christmas feeling, and then the movie is over. And you're yeah. not... If you were thinking during the rom-com, you've already lost the plot. You've already... You failed. But it really got me thinking about, like, um, like the couples that from movies that people, like, I think our age care so deeply about... Like, um, you know, you got your classics, you got your 90s movies. I don't even really think rom-coms, but just like 90s movies in general that feature a romance is a mm-hmm. huge part of it. And then I'm like, you see all of these on like merch um, and like they keep showing up in like BuzzFeed articles as like most iconic. They keep showing up at like as like Halloween costumes. And then I'm like, hmm. <laughs> and it really got me thinking as a cynical jackass, if I could just sit there and go through everyone's like favorite movies that feature couples for me to be like, in my professional opinion, I'm either going to diagnose you as bad or good. <laughs> and it's all my personal opinion. But also, I'm right. Mm. And going through, I want to say, like, sometimes I'll say, like, I think this couple ends up together. Not because I think they should be yeah. together, but because I think based on what we know of these characters. Because, like, movies and TV shows are different. I think that I said this to you before we even, like, kind of compiled our lists. Is like, you know, everyone knows that Ross and Rachel probably shouldn't have ended up together in Friends. But with TV shows, you know, you have such a long expanse to, like, really go through, like, this couple's dynamic, why they work. You know, you have, in New in New Girl, you have, like, all these seasons of why, like, Nick and Jess, like, belong together, they work together, and they might, you know, break up, get back together. But at the end of the day, you know exactly what their relationship is going to be like, their dynamics, yeah. and the, how they'll deal with struggles because they keep having episodes how about this this couple going through that but with movies they only really show you the beginning middle end of these two like people yeah for like an hour and a half and then they set you free into the world and so i'm just like based on the limited knowledge of what mm-hmm. we know how will these people that we've barely just met work out in the world and i like to do that with like reality tv show people yeah i like see couples for a second i'm like mm, they'll never work it makes it feel like a like a grandma sipping lemonade on a, po- on a porch <laughs> being like oh there's bless their heart yeah, bless they're their not heart. still together no, I feel like so much of it, too, is, like, so so many rom-coms are, like, the meet-cute and the build-up, right? Yeah. Like, you don't really see them in a relationship together. You see when they finally get together, mm-hmm. but that's usually when the movie ends. So it's, and like, there's, like, you... a misunderstanding. How do they work through the misunderstanding? Yeah. If they work through the misunderstanding shit bad, they're probably not gonna go through yeah. any conflict good. It's, like, <laughs> how will they communicate? Conflict. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um... Shall we begin? Let's do it. Okay. The way that we're going to phrase this is we're going to go through like movie to movie and then we're going to like countdown of like yes or no. So like three, two, one, we say our answers at the same time. And if we disagree, we each take turns kind of, you know, explaining mm-hmm. why we think, why we think and why we agree, why we agree. Um, and I, I just love to play therapist. I love to play like <laughs> relationship therapist. It's like my favorite thing to do being single. So <laughs> the first thing we're going to do is 10 things I hate about you. Classic one. Yeah, that the. the with the main couple who what what are their names um cat and patrick i was like it's like katrina i think oh yeah it is okay you ready mm-hmm. okay three two one no yes. oh fuck 
already started with a difference. Okay, you go first. Okay, I think no, simply because they're high schoolers. And, and I'm kind of like, yeah. realistically, I don't really see them like long term. I see them maybe as like a summer fling, I mm. think would be cute. But I think Kat's going to go off to college. She's going to Sarah Lawrence. Mm. Um, Patrick isn't going to want to move to New York for her. They might try long distance for like a month or two, but I think Kat is going to get so like enveloped in her own world at college that even if they do were doing long distance, like she wouldn't have enough time for Patrick and then they would inevitably become like distant. He yeah. might get jealous. Like I just don't see it working out long term. Mm. And also at the end of the movie, like they're they're not even dating at that point. They're just kind of like acknowledging that like they they kiss. And it's yeah. not like, oh my god, like we're boyfriend and girlfriend now. Like we're yeah. we're completely committed to each other. It's just like they are like, oh yeah, like we like each other, and like it can it can and work that's that way. A win. Yeah. Um, I said yes just because I think, um, her like you know uber feminism of the movie is kind of revealed to be a front that she mm -hmm. hides behind because she's embarrassed that she actually does want those like the patriarchal things like mm -hmm. romance, marriage, being vulnerable with someone, etc. And I think also like as the movie goes on, he also turns out to be like a sweet guy that people mm -hmm. always assume shit about because he likes to light joints with the Bunsen burners. And he's like, you know, your typical bad boy. Uh -huh. um, and I always think he's like a big, just a big softy on the inside. Maybe that's just me projecting. So I do think um, like she might have put a, like she's going to go to college. I don't think he will, but mm -hmm. I also think he's going to be one of those people that's like, well, what else am I doing? Mm. What nothing's holding him to this one specific place. So I even kind of see him being like, "What's New York like?" Mm -hmm. I mean, he's a delinquent, mm -hmm. adjacent. So I can kind of see that he has like nothing specific holding him back from from just going off. And I think I think they are together, but they definitely had one of those like Vegas weddings with like an Elvis impersonator, and then they got like matching <laughs> tattoos on their ass cheeks because they're rather like this is more of a partnership. I wouldn't call it a marriage per se, because she would definitely be like reading all these books about like a women's job is not in the home. And he'd be like, all right. Like he like yeah. just doesn't super care one sure. way or the other. He'd be like, all right, that's me trying to do a Heath Ledger accent. Everyone would all right. kill me. Um, and like, they're the weed millennials. And like, I don't think they have kids or anything because I think she'd be like, no. And he'd mm -hmm. be like, I don't care. Again, mm -hmm. babe, do whatever it is that you want. They even love, yeah, they like incense. They have the weed, the hippie house. So they're just like, namaste, come on in. You want to read the bell jar? <laughs> they, she doesn't wear shoes. They go hiking. I almost feel like she is, like, I kind of think that she might go off to college and, like, you know, just, like, interact with other people people mm. there and kind of realize that like there's more outside of like her hometown and the people there um i yeah i really i really don't think that they end up together <sighs> dang our first difference <laughs> the first one <laughs> i can feel the <laughs> our friendship, friendship is disintegrating <laughs> as we spreading out all right next we're gonna do clueless and it's mm -hmm. that main one with share and Josh. Josh and Paul Rudd. Yes, Sharon <laughs> okay. Paul Rudd. Three, two, one. Absolutely no. not. Fuck that. Absolutely <laughs> no. not. Uh, I think they'd be cute for a while. Um, just because, like, they are, their, their dynamic isn't not cute. But I think their inevitable lifestyle differences would really mm -hmm. grind that relationship down. Like, I know Cher becomes a better person by the end, but she never becomes, like, Mother Teresa. She's yeah. still going to want to shop. She's going to want to, you know, quote, groom herself. She's still going to be, like, a valley girl. 
And he thinks it's cute now because she's like underage, but it won't become cute for long. And I think it would really start to grind at him. And then she would like in turn resent him for like trying to control her or force him, force her to be what he wants her to be. And plus, I think they'd always be so sick over getting defensive over like there were ex step siblings. Okay, guys, it's not. Yeah, they would just feel so tired of having to defend their own choices that I feel like after a while they'd be like, you want to just call this one off? Yeah. Yeah, um, my first point was Cher is 15 <laughs> yeah. and Josh is minimum 18, but I'm Probably assuming, 20s. yeah, I'm assuming he's like in the 20 to 22 range. Um, so no fucking way they stay together. I'm sorry. Yeah. Also they're acceptance siblings and that's just like a whole <laughs> other thing. Um, yeah. I'm like, so outside of that, outside of those very obvious points, I'm like <laughs> removing those two facts. Um, they're just at different points in their life. Like yeah. exactly what you said. I'm like, by the time Cher's in college, Josh is going to be like in his career. And I just don't see a scenario where like this couple stays together long-term and they like really grow together. And I think you're also right with Cher. Like, yeah, she's not like, y- you know, like she's not a completely shallow asshole. And he's like, oh my God. Wow. She like, actually she's not like other bitches yeah. in California, but like, she's still Cher And I think a lot of the reasons why he, like, despised her kind of in the beginning, like, she still has at the end of the movie. Yeah, and I think he's kind of more in that, like, trance right now where he's like, oh, my God, maybe she's, like, not what I thought. And she's 15 and so youthful and hot. (laughs) And I can manipulate her because, like, um, sorry, this is is getting too much. But no. I, no, this is what if you romance is dead and that's yeah. what this episode is. But I yeah, I don't see any scenario where they end up together. And frankly, I see a scenario where like he's the asshole in the end. Mm-hmm. And like he I, I think he's gonna want her to be a certain way or behave in certain ways, and then when he realizes that like she's not gonna do that, he's gonna get pissed off. Yeah. Um I still see she's gonna end up with like a lawyer type. Yeah. But I don't think if it's gonna I don't think it's gonna be this lawyer. But I think this relationship served its course, you know. She needed someone to ground her yeah. down to earth. Um, I just wish that the whole being kind of related thing was one thing that they didn't take from the original source material. Yeah. Like the fact that Emma and her original love interest in the book Emma are distantly related is not crucial information. You didn't have to shoehorn that in. Super unnecessary, and I wish you didn't do mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Oh, how I wish you didn't do it. Damn. Okay. Next. Uh, sleepless in Seattle. All right, mm-hmm. you ready? Mm-hmm. Three, two, one. No. no. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Taylor. <laughs> I know you love this movie, but I'm like, you you want to go first? Of sure. Why, why we say no? So, we say no. Uh, we say no. Um, the reason, I think a big reason why they're not going to end up together, well, one, she doesn't actually know him. She has an idea of him that, like, mm. she is obsessed with and, like, thinks is so much better than, like, her, her like, ex-fiance. Yeah. Um, but here's the thing is I think Annie is kind of lost in her life right now. Yep. She has no idea what she wants and her relationship with Sam isn't going to change that. Mm-hmm. Um, she, like, she was literally engaged. And, you know, he might, like he was a little dull, whatever, but like overall he was caring and loving. And like, obviously I'm not saying you should like settle and just like stay with the man who's caring and loving, even if you don't like him. Um, but I think she was very easily like very quick to change to a different like relationship. 
And in that way, I think kind of like, like I think she was just desperate for something new. Like, Mm -hmm. I think she has like grass is always greener syndrome where she's like, oh, like this isn't working out for me. Like this isn't making me happy. This isn't making me fulfilled instead of really being like introspective onto like what, why maybe this relationship isn't fulfilling to her. Um, she's just like, oh my God, no, it's this man. It's because I'm not meant to be with him. I'm meant to be with this man. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Also, she's like a little bit of a stalker, which is fine. And like the flaws of her ex-fiance aren't even flaws. Like, oh, he wears like a- allergies? He has a snoring machine and she goes, (laughs) oh, he has allergies. And she's just like, look at this fucking dweeb. And I'm like, I think maybe like- it's like those things where if you get the ick so easily, you never actually liked them in the first yeah. place. Or like, damn, if him just like walking funny gave you the ick, it's like, you didn't actually, did you even like him? Yeah. Well, and I also think there's, there's, I mean, fr- frankly, like whatever, we remove her past relationship. There is not enough like evidence in the film that show, what is Tom Hanks character's name? Sam. Sam. Oh, I already said that. Um, Sam, or I, I just said it like earlier and I forgot. Um, Sam and Annie, like there's, you like barely see them together. Yeah. So like you don't actually see what their relationship would be like. And yeah. there's like no evidence that they're compatible like at all. That's what I said. <laughs> like, I was like, what? I said like, okay, Sleep is in Seattle. It's a cute movie. And it's only cute because we only really see the love story from Annie's side. Mm-hmm. Like we see why she would fall for Sam. But we don't, again, we don't actually see them interact until the very, very end. Sam does think that she's like a beautiful stranger in a crowded room mm-hmm. like twice. So the potential is there for this to be like a fully mutual thing. But I think the whole situation at the end when Sam realizes that this woman, what this woman did and how he technically found her alone on the top of the Empire State Building holding his son's backpack after he literally flew across the country because he thought his son was pulling a Home Alone 2 lost in New York and was lost in New York. I think it put a damp, like a damper on the whole romance development. And like we've seen Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan star together in rom-coms before or like after this. So... As an audience, we just kind of assume that they'll have chemistry later mm-hmm. on. But again, like, we don't actually see that happening. They only talk once at the very end. And it's one of those, like, stilted first date talks. Yeah. Which is like, hi, I'm Sam. And, uh-huh. like, you're like, oh, God. You're not giving me any confidence that this will last at all. And and this movie's climax taking place in, like, New York City really hides the fact that they still live on opposite ends of the country. Yeah. Like, Sam still lives in Seattle, obviously. He's sleepless there. But Annie <laughs> lives in Baltimore. So, like, will she move? Uh-huh. And, and until then, like, how will long-distance dating work in the 90s? Like, how did that even... Was that a... How much did landline phone call? (laughs) Emails? Like, I think Sam might go for it a little bit just because he's a lonely man who misses his dead wife Mm -hmm. and this woman got his young son's approval, which is very important to him. But yeah, I think Annie was just having a crisis moment and clung onto this very idealized version of romance because her current relationship got stale and boring. And I think if she wanted something new and exciting, Sam was not the option. He's still also, like, gonna be that dorky, boring guy except now she feels trapped because he has a son yeah that's what i was gonna say too is i they are in completely different like states in their life he just lost his wife Mm -hmm. well i think i i read the synopsis and it was like 16 months ago like not that long ago what yeah I, I don't know. I, that's just, like, what it said. But oh, I think... Oh, God. Or it was, like, 16 months since they, like, moved to Seattle, okay. I think. So, so recent so, enough. Yeah. So I don't know how long, like, his ex... Or his... Yeah, his wife had been dead. Um, but, like, 
it seems like maybe not that long. And like, he has like, what, a six or eight year old kid. She's literally like, like I, they're just in completely different places in their lives. And I just mm-hmm. don't think logistically like it would work out. And I think he may also still, you know, obviously be grieving his wife. And that's like an ongoing thing. Like you don't just stop grieving, you know, someone who you love like immediately um, or even ever really. Yeah. And I don't know if she would be like, the person who can support him through that. Like, I don't see that at all. You know what's, like, crazy about Sleepless in Seattle as a film? Is Mm -hmm. that one of the theses of the movie it poses is, like, true love, that that just doesn't happen twice. And then they don't ever confirm that it does. Like, there's no proof that he had the exact same spark mm-hmm. that he had with his with his you know dead wife that he does now with Annie like this whole movie builds on this question of like everyone knows that type of love doesn't happen twice you only get it the once and then they meet and you're expecting this like big thing and then they just kind of the movie ends and you're like <laughs> movie you forgot to tell me if do you even have an answer yeah, yeah like did you answer your question if it can't happen twice i mean i because then it sucks because, like, if I'm not rooting for this couple, it's like, I'm like, no, it only happens once. <laughs> like, I don't actually mm-hmm. think that's true. But, like, maybe just with, in this circumstance, in this one time, I don't think this is the case. I just think they're both very desperate people who needed comfort desperately. Mm-hmm. And I hope they find it with other people. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of, of Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks, <laughs> we've got You've Got Mail. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Three, two, one. No. Yes. Fuck no. Are you fucking serious? I literally wrote. I'm like, this might be controversial, but okay. I think they could. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go okay, first. You go first. You go first. These bitches remind me of those. Like, he's a staunch conservative. She's an intense liberal, and they've been together for twenty years. How? Mm-hmm. Oh, because they just refuse to mention their fundamental differences, and they won't talk about anything the other has done to hurt them. Mm-hmm. Like, I think. This is one of those rom-coms where I'm watching it and I go, these people do not (laughs) belong together. She will resent the fuck out of him in like three months and he will grow so tired of her, maybe faster. To be fair, I've only watched this rom-com maybe twice in my life, so maybe... Like, I, there I'm are little emails insane. back and forth where it's like, I saw a butterfly today, and I couldn't help but notice. And I'm like, oh, I don't feel oh, fuck. You're destroying her parents' business. I don't care what you think about New York society. And these little, like, the fucking AO3 dial-up sound where they're, like, emailing back and forth. And I'm like, hmm, I don't know about that. And then, like, they're just genuinely, from her end... He, she just doesn't like him for majority of the movie. And then he's like, surprise, it was me. I was your secret pen pal. And she goes... I wished it was you. And I'm like, when? You forgot to tell me. You forgot to tell me when you were... In in a realistic world, he'd be like, it was me, I'm your pen pal. And she would go, that scene from Mrs. Doubtfire. She'd be like, the whole time? The whole time. <laughs> she'd throw a fit. I, so, here's, here's my reasoning. Because I think this is one of the, like, few rom-coms that actually, like shows their compatibility like Mm. through the emails and stuff like you really see that they can have like deep conversations and like get along um and here's here's the thing i there's this whole there's this whole part where like she kind of realizes that like 
she she's not keeping the bookstore open because it's her passion. Mm. She's keeping the bookstore open because it's like it was her mom's, right? Yeah. And she wants to keep it open in her mom's memory. But then at the same time, she's kind of like, but that's not. It, it's like the, those those movies where it's like it was never my dream. It dad. was your dream, Dad. <laughs> um, and that's kind of what it what it feels like to me, where it's like. I, I feel like she can kind of come to terms with the fact that, like, she was keeping it open, like, in memory of her mom and, like, to to keep that kind of part of, of her life alive. And, yes, what well, I do think she would have appreciated if the bookstore would have stayed open under maybe different management or something. Mm-hmm. I don't think she, it, like, ruins her life mm. that the bookstore gets closed down because then it allows her to, like, go into what she like writes children's books or whatever like it gives her more more time to actually dig into like her own passions and i think like was he an asshole businessman in the beginning yes did he get her bookstore shut down yes (laughs) (laughs) it's just such a weird thing where like why include that it's just such a hurdle because like i don't remember these details i just remember that and being like Mm -hmm. oh but i think i think the reason why it would work is because they, you know, they have their like email compatibility or whatever. I mm-hmm. do think that deep down they have core values and they have, they are like c- compatible in that way, like on a personality level. Um, and also, I think that on a lifestyle level, I think it works out perfectly. Joe's yeah. wealth makes it so that Kathleen has the freedom to pursue the creative career path that she wants. Most people, most children books writers, like, are not making a killing. Yeah. You know, like. He's a New York City baby. Yeah. Rents so I'm like. Rent. I feel like their lifestyles actually kind of work out well because she can just like be at home, you know, illustrating her books, writing her children books, like fulfilling her her passions in that way. And then he's doing whatever, um, shutting down more <laughs> independent bookstores. <laughs> um, but I think I like, li- listen, I know it's controversial. I know it is. I see it. Mm. I see it. You know what? I'll concede. That it might be one of those things where, like, it might be that the couple is together and I would be just, like, her friend being, like, yeah, bitch, leave Tom Hanks. Yeah, I'm like, that's the thing. I don't know if it's the right choice. Like. Fair. But. Fair. I'm giving it. I this is the first would. time that I will concede my side. <laughs> I see. I see where you're going on. Here. Oh, with, with, okay. Mm-hmm. This. 13 going on 30. Okay. All right. Three, two, one. Yes. yes. <laughs> Yay. Yay. Who says love is dead? You want to go? Yeah, I mean, well, first of all, we literally see them getting married in the future. So (laughs) we know it works out. So, like, we know. We know that even when she goes back in time, like, they do still end up together. Um, But also, like, friends first, romance second, I think is one of the best ways to build, like, a foundation to a relationship. Mm -hmm. And because they are, they have, like, such a deep, I mean, they've literally been friends since they were, what, like, youngins like six or something yeah. like i think because house, yeah i'm like that he makes throw up like because, when will any of you make me a dollhouse <laughs> <laughs> glitter and such but i think because they have that history and even like listen even if we didn't see them getting married at the end i would still think that they were together simply because when she does like you know when she's like 13 in her 30 year old body and they reconnect you see that even though their lives are like so different they are still like deeply compatible and I think they really bring out the best in each other in that way. Um, And uh, you know, part of it might be because she's like 13 and she's like fun and like Mm -hmm. has that childlike, you know, sense of wonderment. And like, that's really like endearing to him. Um, But I do think that they would like 
grow well together. And listen, you will not hear this from me often because most of the like rom-coms that we have that are based in high school, I'm like, no, no, simply because I'm like, when, like very rarely does that end up working out, but I I see it. I see. I give him two big thumbs up. Mm -hmm. I also, but yes, but I, I picture that they hit a rough patch Mm, and that's because of what you said. It's like, it is weird that she's like a 13 year old piloting Jennifer Gardner's body. And Mm -hmm. this 30 year old man goes, wow, I love you, Jenna. Like, sir, I know you don't know that she's 13, but she still is 13 and she's acting 13. Why are you falling for a 13 year old's mannerisms, maturity vibes? Yeah. So like, I do think they have a connection and they would grow together like you were saying, but I can see them going through a period of time where Matt would be like, Jenna, it's like I don't recognize you anymore. What happened to that 13-year-old I knew all those years ago that was fun and, mm-hmm. and just jumped into things head first? And she'd be like, because I'm 29, of, like, organically, Matt. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I could see that. I could see that. But I, they would get through it eventually. Mm-hmm. And I think his Mark Ruffalo tendencies would definitely prevent her from turning into the bitch she was without him. Like, we yeah. see, like, what their lives look like when they're apart. And she definitely gets absorbed into this, like, people-pleasing. She, like, never grows up out of being mm-hmm. 13 when she's without him. Because she turns into, the, like, I want to I want to appease the popular people. Yeah. And that complex never leaves her. But he's the one where it's, like, that's the power of, like, you know, being being friends and being together with, like, who the popular kids consider to be a dork. Mm-hmm. Where it's, like, you suddenly choose, like, happiness and authenticity over what would be hot, trendy all the time. And I yeah. think she at least needs that. And he would need someone to, like... I don't know, give his life direction because he seems to be kind of uh, go with the flow kind of guy anyway mm-hmm. that he would need someone to have like a steady hand to like encourage him to do things. Precisely, precisely. Yeah, because that's the, that's like the whole, those are like the two, the two paths, right? Mm-hmm. That she goes is like when they're at the birthday party and she ignores Matt and then like goes with the popular kids and that's why she ends up like turning into a cunt and then (laughs) but then like the other path is when she like pours juice on the popular girl and she's like nah this is my bestie and then yeah the besties that kiss yes yeah yeah i think i think they end up together end of story okay like also sorry i know you said end of story but also i'm like and another why did it let you um is like even towards the end what i what i do appreciate about this rom-com is that it doesn't go into the automatic like she does a thing where she's like stop the wedding and she goes to stop the wedding and he you expect like him to be like, you're right, Taylor Swift. Let's drop everything now and I'll meet you outside the church. I'm so glad you said. Yeah. But no, she, he's like, Jenna, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. And I'm just like, what a solid guy that he's like, I have loyalty. I have whatever. And one he of He has the, a backbone. He has a backbone, which is obviously something that she would need. Yeah. And it's like implied that the the person he's with now, like doesn't really encourage his photography in a way that Jenna does. Mm-hmm. And I think that, yeah, he, he's definitely like the stereotype of like, whatever the wife says. So it's, it, it'd be good for him too, to have a wife that genuinely like believes in his talents and that encourages him and doesn't want to be like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just, I always love rom-coms that don't make the other person out to be like awful. Yeah. Like even my issues with Sleepless in Seattle, they don't ever make like, Annie's fiance out to be like a jackass or like an yeah. evil person so that was an, there's an obvious choice he's just some guy and like honestly when he, she breaks off the engagement and sleep is in seattle he just goes like huh okay <laughs> like he's he's not even a little upset which is a little wish fulfillment i feel like everyone wishes their breakups could go that easily where the other person's like huh uh-huh hmm 
Well, I've seen it from your side. And I'm not even going to even sip. I will take my grandmother's ring back. Thank you. Wow, Annie. I hope you have a good life. Uh Hug. Hug first. Um, But yeah, he was just like, he probably also just didn't want to (laughs) be married to her anyway. He was like, I couldn't have noticed that you hate me. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I can't do anything right, it appears. Anyway, this is, this counts as a rom-com because I say it counts as a rom-com, but Penelope. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, three, two, one. Yes. Sure. Yay. <laughs> Here, so I was telling her this earlier. I have not seen Penelope since perhaps it came out. Um, so I was reading the synopsis for this and I was like, I've never seen this movie. <laughs> like very few things were ringing a bell for me. So I'm like, based off the synopsis, I'm like, yeah. Um, but I do feel like I would need to rewatch the movie to like give give a proper analysis. Um, so I genuinely think these bitches grow old together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I think she has some pretty intense baggage and some serious commitment issues. Like, literally for the so many years of her life, she would put herself out there, and men. The joke was like would run away screaming, throw themselves out the window, like try to kill themselves because. Yeah, and then the one time she was like, marry me, he goes, no. So I think she would always be waiting for the shoe to drop. She'd always be waiting for things to go wrong. She would always wait for things to go back, even towards the end when, like, you know, she has her magical transformation of self-love. She's staring at herself in the mirror, and her mom's like, it won't grow back, you know. I'm I'm also waiting for it. Mm-hmm. So I think Penelope is definitely a, a damaged individual and who needs therapy in, immediately. And she might even wear him down a little bit by being like, I've been clo- I've been locked up forever and I want to see the world and him being like you're a teacher and I'm broke. We have mm-hmm. no money to see the world. But I like to headcanon mm-hmm. that he does end up making it as a musician. They don't confirm this. Just that he was about to move and right at the last minute she goes, "Don't move, it's me." And then they make out. Um so I like to imagine that he does make it as a musician eventually and they become one of those like van life people mm-hmm. because she can substitute anywhere in the whatever town he's camped up at. And also they're just like adorable in general and if they needed to do long distance for any period of time they could absolutely make that work considering he met her through just her voice talking over a speakerphone anyway mm-hmm. so like it would suck but i think she'd be he'd be like oh man it's so hard hearing just your voice and not being able to like touch you or see you because she'd be like you've you should be used to this yeah this is She's how like, we met we've we've been here before and also we're adding penelope to the queue Yes. I'm going to force you to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I also noted that I'm dumb and (laughs) just realized today um, that Penelope was played by Christina Ritchie. Yeah. Did not put that one together. (laughs) I I, I don't know why. I don't know if it was like the nose. Like really? I was like, that's a different person. Um, But yeah, just realized that today. Yeah. Again, I don't know enough to know like what their dynamic is, but you said that they're very cute. So I'm trusting you and I think that they're good. Um, I also noted that like this is a universe in which there are like, curses and like you know magic of some type yeah and i'm kind of like according to those rules like i feel like they definitely stay together yeah like is there even divorce in that realm this like, is happily you know? ever after zone yeah dog. yeah There's so i'm like witches i think I, I think they stay together um yeah, a couple more things now that we're just like on the topic of penelope i want to sing the praises mm-hmm. so um peter dinklage is in this movie also and he's said before in interviews and stuff, especially when, like, you know, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves remake from Disney was announced, he kind of went on this thing where he's like, I've tried so hard in all of my roles in Hollywood to not make, like, dwarvism be, like, the butt of the joke. Uh-huh. Um, and it, in this movie, 
the fact that he has dwarfism doesn't show up at all. In fact, the only thing they comment on is that the fact that he has an eye patch. Mm-hmm. So they call him a pirate. They like so like you know losing your eye was your own fault. Like at no point does everyone just go like like call him short or tiny or say like oh look it's the Snow White and this like no uh-huh. one. I just thought that was cool that like it's no one brings it up at all. Almost like it was like he it, it wasn't written for like him in mind or anything. He just showed up and was the best performer. Yeah. And they were just like oh this belongs to cool. you now. So I thought that was really neat. Yeah, in general the nose itself like. On the one hand, you know, you're watching it and you're seeing, like, it's obviously Christina Ritchie and she's obviously so beautiful. And okay, don't scene... say obviously. Some of us didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, so what? If, even if you didn't know who she was, she's it's obviously a beautiful, a beautiful yeah. woman. And just you see these men that are, like, literally <clears throat> horrified and, like, jumping out the window for her. And on one hand, it's like, did Christina just, like, not want to do any more, like, graphic, like, you know, prosthetics, like... Mm-hmm. You really only see, I mean, like, there's, like, a back uh, shot of, like, what the fuck? Not a back shot. I'm going to kill myself. There is a shot of the back of her head when she's born where you see she has, like, pig ears also. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, ooh, she has, like, a pig face. But no, like, during the movie, you don't really see her ears out. She always, like, keeps them, like, tucked away behind her hair. And you really only see the nose. And so growing up as a kid, I was just like, oh, that's lame. Like, she didn't actually want to look like a pig. But she was like, no, you can't make me ugly. Mm-hmm. Or was it, like, on purpose for us to be like, what do you mean? She looks fine. And be like, wow, this world just must be really shallow. If we, the audience, can see through, we think she's beautiful. And I'm mm-hmm. like, was that just, like, shorthand? Because they're like, we need the audience to realize that she's not ugly. And it's just this world that's mean. Or is mm-hmm. it just, like, a laziness where they're like, we can't make our lead actually hideous. I need, like, a Nanny McPhee type. You yes. Know, like, like, that. Oh, that's such a good... That's a good one. Anyway. <laughs> Do the couple of Nanny McPhee. <laughs> is, there, is there a couple of Nanny McPhee? Nanny McPhee and me. All right. Now we're going to go through to, to all the boys I've loved before. This okay. is a little cheating because, like, three movies. Um, I'm, I'm like, I will... Pre- I've only seen the first one mm. so my opinion is solely based on the first one and again i really do not remember anything from it i remember bits and pieces from the trilogy mm-hmm. i'll be honest i'm not mm. like you a... watched all three mm-hmm. okay yeah okay, so ready? so mine is just based on the first movie and the synopsis that i read <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right let's do this okay three two one no. no yay we're not haters no well maybe a little Ooh. but again this is another one where i'm like high school like they're, they're not sta- they're not getting married they're not staying together um also am, am i correct in that josh is laura jean's sister's ex uh, is that part of it? They like mentioned that in the synopsis, but I don't know if I was re- I might have mixed up the characters, but I thought God, now I don't know. I thought that's how it was. If that's the case, damn, that's messy. Um, and I don't think that that would work out long term. Um, I think they're very cute, but yeah, but like also, and that's another one where again, and I'm I'm just talking about the first movie. They they're not actually like. Well, she doesn't end up with Josh together. Oh, she doesn't? No, she ends up with Peter. Oh my god, I think I don't know who they are. Wait a minute. No, Peter, no one's in Danae's name is Peter. That's, who is Josh? I think the person she was trying to get, they, they did this thing where they're like, let's pretend to be together. Yeah. And then we'll make like our love interest jealous. And then in turn, they I will be that the was ones Noah. that fall in love. Oh my god, I do not remember this movie at all. <laughs> no. I, I literally have not one one recollection. Um, wait, I thought that he was Josh. No, yeah, no, so today it was Peter. Josh is this is his name is Israel. Him? 
So he was her sister's ex? Um, now, I don't know this. De- th- this is literally, let me pull up. <laughs> Plot synopsis now. Let me pull up the synopsis because I swear. I swear this is what it said. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, there is. I guess I just read this and assumed that Josh was. Yeah, her latest letter is to her childhood friend, Josh, who's dating her older sister, Margo. When Margo moves to college, she breaks up with Josh. Laura Jean has always had a crush on Josh and, des- and decides it would not be okay to date him. So I guess I read that and assumed that Josh was um, <laughs> Noah Centineo. Well, then I don't know what my opinion is. I guess my opinion is still no because high school. Yeah. Look. The couple themselves are cute, and this is, like, nothing against the movies, but I just think this might be one of those first love stories and not, like, a forever love story. Like, they end the third one by going to different colleges, and that Uh. is usually a couple crusher, and they're just such a realistic high school couple that makes it really good for the movies because you're like, oh, my gosh, like, this is almost, like, a realistic, like, how couples go. I mean, there's obviously, like, the miscommunication and the... Mm -hmm. No, it wasn't like that and the fake dating, which is movie, but they're... The dynamic is very realistic and down to earth. But unfortunately, that realism is a double-edged sword because I see them in all the other high school couples that I know who have since broken up already. Yeah. Like, I think it's... And, like, she's such a, um, like, a wistful person that I think she'd definitely be that one that, like, writes him a letter being Mm -hmm. like, I'm so thankful for you. You taught me what love is, but I think I'm going to let you free on your journey. I'll never forget the lessons we've learned. Like, she'd be that dramatic hoe that I am. And actually, but actually, like, tell him all these things. And he would just be like, damn. I think he would be beaten up over over her. Because mm-hmm. I think he's definitely like a cubby. Come on. You're like, my girl. And she'd be like, I'm in New York. <laughs> Can't hear you over being in New York. Is it always New York? It is always New York. Um, the holiday. Okay. So let's do both couples. So first we're going to do, do you want to do Graham and Amanda? Sure. Sure. Right. Okay. Graham and Amanda. Three. Which is Cameron Diaz and Jude yes. Law. Thank you. Yes. I was going to be like, just throwing out names like anyone gives, like knows who these people are off rip. All right. Three, two, one. Yes. No. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> okay. You, you go. I Defend yourself. think, okay. Here's the thing. I think that they complement each other really well. I am like such a sucker for like, not even a sucker. I just feel like a lot of relationships work well when you have two people who like may seem kind of different, but like because of their differences, they balance each other out really well. And I think that they balance each other out really well. Um, And also I think Amanda makes enough money that logistically like, she could probably move Graham and his kids like to LA if they wanted to, or she could move to England if she wanted to. Um, and she like gets along with the family. Like I, maybe this is just me like wishful thinking, but like, <laughs> I really, I think if they really wanted to, they would make it work. On the other hand though, if I'm playing devil's advocate to myself, um, you know, Amanda is part, you know, part of her character is that she's very like logistical and kind of like, tight uh, yeah. like a tight ass you know and and um relatable. sometimes literally yeah and, <laughs> and um i think maybe because of that she might be like no like this was fun but like we have to go back to the real world like mm-hmm. we have to go back to our real lives um and then jude law would be like no but i love you and then um, like love isn't enough gram yeah yeah exactly so i'm like 
I guess I could see it going either way, but like in my heart, I'm like, yes, yes, I think they do. Yeah, this couple is like one of those pairings that only work in a Christmas rom-com that like Hallmark, like she's a working girl in the big city and she finds this literal, actual perfect man Mm -hmm. whose only flaw is that he's secretly a devoted, adorable girl dad and he's even hotter with glasses on. And that cynical working girl learns the value of Christmas and and family and connecting, (laughs) the end. And then like once you step back for a second, you're like, wait, Hey, wait, how's, how's this going to work? Like, she's a movie trailer producer. That's her official job. And, like, yesterday, I think those guys could work anywhere. But, like, in 2006, like, how good was video conferencing in 2006? And, like, the time difference mm-hmm. would mean, like, crazy hours for her. And then also, like, I just don't see her suddenly being like, yep, I'm the mom who stepped up. Like, I just, I see her definitely struggling with that. And he's also a widower. Like, I don't know, again, if they're, like, specified how long ago the mom died. But he's, mm-hmm. like... He, oh. I guess I assume it's been a couple years, but yeah, you're right. They Most really of what say. he was basically, he's like, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm so overwhelmed here that like these girls are on my life. Mm-hmm. And he would definitely be like, oh, so now that you're around partner whom I love, I would really love it if you would take some of this off my plate and bond with my daughters. And I just see her being such like a, like, like the tracksuit stepmom uh-huh. really having like an issue connecting with these like youths but she does doesn't she she gets along with them in the she movie does. That's, like, she gets along and i so i think um this like might... it's maybe not long term you think yeah okay like yeah you watch the holiday and you go like yeah they end up together forever and ever and then the credits roll and you realize that it was just you that was obsessed with jude law <laughs> it was just you you would make it work with jude law the adorable mom like i'm suddenly deaf i can't i can't hear <laughs> I, I don't know what you just said there's just this woman who's a career girl who flies from la to a cottage in england and finds jude law <laughs> she could make that work <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, who among us, frankly? So yeah, I, I definitely, like, I see her purpose as like an insert character being like, who mm-hmm. who among us don't feel cranky and cynical sometimes mm-hmm. who would love a Jude Law packaged in a fucking cozy sweater. Yeah. Perfect handwritten, like, hand-wrapped just for us, for him to have this growly accent and be like, I love you actually. And be like, ah, <laughs> <laughs> But as far as, like, yeah, from her end, I think she even she even does try to break it off. She's like, let's get real. Like, yeah. we got to stop. And then she's like, maybe I do believe in romance. And then I'm like, I don't know how much longer well, that would. And even at the end, she's like, I guess I can stay through New Year's. And then kind of implying that, like, she does, like, she has to go back. Yeah, so this might be one of those, like, you know. Maybe this is my turn to concede. <laughs> I'm like, I want them to be together so bad. Because we want it to work. I know. But I think logistically, you're right. I think it it probably wouldn't. But I think that they're meant to be okay. <laughs> I think someone needs to get their head out of their ass. Someone. Um, so this, now the other, the holiday, you get a two for one. Mm-hmm. Um, this one is Iris and Miles, which is Kate Winslet and Jack Black. Mm-hmm. Right. Three, two, one. No. Yes. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> if we don't start agreeing on this. We have opposite <laughs> opinions on both of these couples. Um, I'm going to go me. Me. <laughs> I'm going to defend it. So these bitches are adorable. Mm-hmm. And like, logistically um as far as like because the two women you know iris and and right amanda yeah yes they they switch and i think amanda has a harder time acclimating to england than iris does in la yeah like i think i think she well 
sorry, to be fair, Iris is also in this like stunning mansion That's in true. like the Hollywood okay, Hills. Amanda's in a fucking she's snow in a, white cottage. Listen, she's in an adorable cottage, but it's also like kind of in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> covered in snow. Like she literally like falls on her ass multiple times just trying to get to the cottage. Like fair. she's like constantly up by the fireplace. <laughs> like it's, I do think the standard of living is like a little different. Fair. <laughs> But, like, she meets her old man friend, and uh-huh. she gets, like, I feel like she just, she's more acclimated to L.A. There's, there's less of a I culture right. shock. Like, yeah. the, the butt of the joke being, like, a culture shock doesn't really happen for Iris like it does with Amanda. So I kind of see Iris moving to L.A., actually. Yeah, she's Especially, immediately like, bitch, you have a jacuzzi? It, like, because what's holding her to England? Aside of, like, yeah. Yeah, she, she's close with her family, but, like, she has to get, like, she's been under the thumb of this creep-ass, like, boss of hers that's been stringing her along for God knows how long. Mm-hmm. She might want a fresh start on the opposite end of the world. And, like, she has her old man friend, and she, like, seems to be polite, makes friends. She seems to, like, you know, enjoy everything that that Jack Black, I'm just going to call him Jack Black. Yeah. <laughs> His name is not Miles. His name is Jack Black. That, like, he brings her around to all these places, and she just seems to have, like, a really good time at this fancy diner in mm-hmm. this big place, and she, like, kind of just fits right at home. So I think she would move there, and I think she'd thrive. And I just think Miles is, like, a great guy for her. I think they have really adorable chemistry. They work super well. And in general, like, why the fuck wasn't Jack Black in more rom-coms? So true. Cowards. It's fat phobia and cowardry. Mm-hmm. That's not a word, but I'm making it a word. Cowardry? Cowardry? Full of coward. <laughs> <laughs> You're full of cowardice. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I So my main point for this is not that I don't think they would work well together, but I don't know if the timing is right. Mm. Because he's like, when they meet, he's like still with his girlfriend. Oh, yeah. And then he finds out that she's like cheating on him or whatever. Mm. And then like, but like, I, I think he's still like, I think he needs to heal from that a yeah. little bit. Because even throughout the movie, even when they're together, like he's still kind of caught up in like what his ex is doing a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And I just don't know if like that exact place and time he is ready for like the love of his life, you mm. know, like. I I want them to work out and I do think they're adorable together and like have great chemistry, but I don't know if he is at a place in his life where like he can just move on like that, you know? Yeah, I would even maybe would you concede as a as a in the like not now but eventually? Yes, I think that they could reconnect, absolutely. Especially cuz like I I I just see her as an LA girly more yeah. than I can see Amanda being an English girly. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. Yeah, I mean, it'd be like, here's the a, thing. What is, what the fuck is a kilometer? <laughs> I think Graham and his kids move out to LA. Mm. Iris also moves out to LA. And then. Everyone's fa- in LA. Yeah, their, fa- their family is in LA. Everyone's happy. Every, you know, I, I think it could work. You, it could you, work out. Our solution is like, just everyone moves to LA. <laughs> what is the problem? Why aren't all of you in LA already? No. Uh, now we're going to do the proposal. And that's the one with Sandra Bullock and Ryan Reynolds. Mm-hmm. Okay. Three, two, one. No. Yes. <laughs> Motherfucker. Okay. You can go first because I, they, I needed to get used to them. Okay. So I'm going to be on the defensive. Here's the thing. My, I'm not like diehard for my opinion as it stands currently. I just think, (laughs) I I just think given, given the information I know about the proposal, which I get, like, I have seen it a few times. I think I've seen it like twice. I haven't seen it in a bit. Um, So maybe I just need to be like reminded of their dynamic um but like she literally blackmailed him into like proposing um and they also just have a very large power imbalance as it is yeah um which 
I think would eventually bubble up and push them apart. Um, I see Andrew possibly growing to resent her mm. um, or that he would want her to make like these major life changes that she wouldn't be willing to make. Cause she's like, no, I'm already like far along in I'm my a career. CEO, I ha- yeah. Yeah. She's like, I'm doing just fine. Like I don't need you to come in and tell me how to live my life. Um, so I just don't see them. Like, I don't, see enough evidence like holding them together Mm. as much as I do see like potential problems in their relationship you know fair like I feel like they would be here's the thing I feel like they could be together a while like a couple years Mm -hmm. I see them like being together a couple years I just don't see like I don't think they're the loves of each other's lives no I I can see that they both might look at divorce as a way easier option than most of the couples on this list just because Mm -hmm. they're both like business types and yeah they would both be like you know Splitting shit up very by the book. Mm-hmm. I just think, like, I love the dynamic that behind every girl boss, there needs to be a slightly smaller boss who's like a little shit and they keep it, each other in check forever. And that's feminism. And, like, this, the proposal is one of the few enemies to lovers ships that actually works for me. Like, they don't pull any punches in those first 20 minutes of the movie. These two hate each other. There isn't some, like, you know, most, you know, quote unquote, enemies to lovers. It's like some light bickering and then someone's back is turned and then someone looks up with a hopeful glance and, like, mm-hmm. maybe the. No, like, again, she literally, like, fucking blackmails him into, like, marrying her to get, like, a, like a green card. And he takes every opportunity to show how deep his contempt for her goes. But. Their journey is genuinely realistic and funny, and I think it's because of the two actors that they chose to portray them. Like, both of these actors aren't typically rom-com actors. Mm-hmm. I think Ryan Reynolds just has this permanent, like, sarcastic shell around him, and Sandra Bullock has that, like, take-no-shit, like, you know, stick-up-her-ass kind of vibes. And I think bo- seeing both of these very sarcastic assholes start to get vulnerable, I believe it more that they actually are letting themselves be vulnerable with, with each other in a way that they hadn't before. Mm. And, like, I think their dynamic is way more realistic than a lot of other rom-com couple dynamics where, like, I know way more, like, long-term... They already bicker, like, a long-term married couple. I think it's because they've been working together for a while. Um, and, yeah, I, they're funny. A lot of rom-coms don't really tend to lean into the humor as much because they're, like, that's not what we're, I mean, it, the com stands for comedy. It's supposed to be a romantic comedy, but a lot of times, like, rom-coms don't necessarily, you know, have to be laugh-out-loud funny. Yeah. Um, but the proposal makes me laugh, and I think that it's it that endears me to this couple more than, like, maybe just their actions on paper would. And unlike so many other couples here, I can see where their end game is. Like, they are both publishing editors in New York City. Boom. They have an established dynamic pre-romance that doesn't necessarily go anywhere once they fall in love. And I have no trouble believing that they'll just make it work once they get married. Like, no one Mm -hmm. has to move anywhere. No one has, like, different goals or values. At the most, I can maybe see him being like, now that you've made me an editor, can I not work for you? Mm -hmm. Because I don't want to have, like, the allegations be like, I literally slept with the boss. Like, if you could maybe use your connections to get me work at a different firm, that'd be Mm -hmm. fantastic. So that way I don't feel like I'm fucking my CEO because I am. Like... And to be fair, as a kid, I used to hate their dynamic because it was just so different from, I I just assumed they hated each other the whole time. So when Mm -hmm. they said that, like, he's like, I think I like you. I'm like, I don't believe you. You're mean. You're mean to each other. But now that I'm older, wiser, (laughs) I see that it's just like, it's just a different dynamic than than what I was used to. And like, they're both the sarcastic asshole in their relationship. And I like that. I like that, you know, not everyone needs like a sunshine you know, person to balance out the sarcastic asshole. Sometimes two sarcastic assholes can like be in each other's orbit forever and rile each mm-hmm. other up, but also keep each other grounded and always be like each other's like shoulder devil. See, I I think that's where you lose me. Where Damn. I'm like, I I mean, 
I, 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 I just came <laughs> off of saying, like, I love when people, like, balance each other and, like, have different, like, personalities or even, like, values that I think can, like, like they, they can learn things from each other and, like, open each other up to new perspectives. And I guess I just don't see that with this couple. Mm. You know? Yeah. I think the reason I like it is I think it's, like, few people... Because I think they even imply that, like, she's either distant from her family or in, like, an orphan. Mm-hmm. Because one of the big things that she was guilty about is she's like, I got really close to your family and I don't, I don't, I've forgotten what it was like to be close to a family. And I think few people can reel her in. And she's allowing, like, mo- like he's, she's allowing Ryan Reynolds. They have names, but it's Sandra Bullock and Ryan Reynolds. Yes. Sandra has allowed Ryan <laughs> into her circle and i think few people can you know talk her down off off of like a ledge or if she's Mm. on a high horse then Mm -hmm. he can i think so many other people will be like this and she'd be like i don't care and also get out of my office and ryan would be like she'd be like don't i know what you're gonna say like that type of like dynamic where i think they are each other's soft spot Mm-hmm. I see where you're coming and from. And that kind of makes me go buck wild. Because yeah. I think, I'm like, what if I just need a sarcastic asshole? <laughs> what if I just need a Ryan Reynolds? <laughs> Who among us? Where's my Ryan Reynolds? <laughs> um, okay. Anyway, next up. The Wedding Singer. Okay. With our two faves, Drew Barrymore and Adam Sandler. My king. Three, two, one. Yes. yes. Yay! <laughs> the unification has begun. <laughs> Okay, so listen. Some <laughs> some people I think could call me a hypocrite. And that person will be me because I'm saying yes to this and no to Sleepless in Seattle because they both have the like breaking up with your fiance trope. However, yeah, this is different. This is way different. There's a big difference. There is a big difference. Julia was already having huge doubts about Glenn. Like yeah. she literally was like, I, I, like in her wedding dress, like crying because she's like, I don't want to marry this person. It's like she also forgot what his last name was yeah. until like the day of the wedding. She's like, Wait, his last name is Julia. I'm like, You knew this. No, I can't. You guys have been this. like engaged for like ten years. You knew this. And also, she actually knows Robbie. Yeah. Like, it's, you know, it's not like she's pining after this idea of a person. Like, she, like, they're they're friends. Like, they know each other. They, you know, have actually spoken in, like, in real life. Um, and I think also because they were both previously in unhappy relationships, mm-hmm. they know what they don't want in a partner. And they know how not to treat your partner. And because of that, I see them both putting in, like, the commitment and effort mm-hmm. to make their relationship work. Like, I, like they both want it, you know? Yeah. And I feel like that's such an important, like, aspect of a relationship. Um, and I really, I, like, I see it working. I just, I just mm-hmm. see it working for them. Oh, my God. Let her cook. <laughs> no, it's like, you've got all the ingredients, right? You've yeah. got, like, that, like, they're both so adorable. I think this was the movie that made people be like, wait a minute, should we put these two in, like, every movie for, like, the dawn of time? And more, more please. Like, they're, they're just so earnest and, like, affectionate with each other. And it's just, like, adorable. The two of them are make me want to punch something. You got that. You got the fact that they're both adults in one town and no one has to relocate anywhere. Like, this isn't, like, a another, like, you know, you're here, but I'm here. How can we make this work after vacation is over? Uh-huh. Like, they're both in this one town. You've got the time period <laughs> making it more likely that even if they have any problems down the road, they'll just live with them yeah. and not get divorced. Like, this is the most cut-dry, permanent rom-com couple of the bunch. At most, they kind of imply at the end of the movie that Robbie might actually become a famous songwriter. Um, Billy Idol's like, I'm going to talk to those L.A. people about mm-hmm. you when I land. And he's like, can I kiss her first? And you're like, ee. 
Um, but there's no indication that they'd need to move to L.A. if you're a song writer. And even mm-hmm. if they did, so? Like, yeah. neither one of them really show a loyalty to this one specific hometown. Julia just moved there not too long before the movie even starts. Robbie does say that that town that they're in is like, it's the perfect place to raise a family. But that could be miles away. Like, mm-hmm. these bitches grow old together, and I will die on that hill. He sings a song about how, I would, how nice it would be to grow old together. So, like... And I see it, and I, I genuinely it, yeah. believe it. So few rom-coms where I'm like, and then they grow old together. I'm like, horseshit, yeah, right. But for just some reason, these two, I'm like, forever and ever yeah. and ever, amen. Okay, next up, Greece. <laughs> and there's like five couples in Greece, mm-hmm. but we're only going to do them. We all know what we're here for. We don't, we don't, no one also know of Rizzo and Kanicki. By the way, just quick round, no. Mm-hmm. Um fucking Frenchie and what's his name actually probably um the fucking rest of the pink who gives a shit this is Danny and Sandy only yes yeah okay ready mm-hmm. three two one yes. yes oh my god wait <laughs> so this is this is my exception we both said hear me <laughs> <laughs> yes they're in high school but it's the 50s literally oh my literally i'm like they are graduating high school and immediately going to the chapel like yeah yeah she is graduating in her wedding the reason that they're driving off into the sunset they're driving to the church yeah like i think listen do i think they should stay together is a different question yeah that's (laughs) do i think they do stay together um, yeah, I think they definitely get married at, like, 18, mm-hmm. um, and then inevitably probably grow to hate each other, <laughs> but n- neither of them are going to get a divorce because they have 1950s values of marriage, um, and they see divorce as, like, not an option. Yeah. Um, and, like, uh, I, I guess kind of at the end of, like, Greece, they both show that they're willing to, like, compromise in order to be together, um, so, like, they are committed despite everyone telling them that it's a bad idea because it is yes <laughs> um so it's like they, they still choose each other at the end but like frankly that can only get you so far yeah. um so yeah so i think that they get married i think that they grow to hate each other and then stay bitter and divorced or bitter and married sorry yeah no i as a kid even as a kid i always resented that because everyone's like no because you know greece gets so much flack for the sandy transformation scene and until i really looked into it i was also like that too where i would be like you know, people would be like, well, Danny was willing to change too. And I'm like, no, because in the ending scene, she's all dolled up in her greaser mm-hmm. get out. He's wearing a Letterman jacket that he immediately takes off. <laughs> like, and also, if he was supposed to have changed, he acts exactly the same. Yeah, the whole right. movie. And then, like, at the last two minutes, he's like, hey, guys, I lettered in track. You're like, okay. And they're like, Danny Zuko turned sure. jock? And I'm like, okay. Well, sh- was she asking for a jock? I think she was just asking you to like her. Yeah. Yeah, shocker. Uh, and then, like, his proof that he changed, that shit flies off his body the second the ending. And to be fair, like, there's not much that she could even take off. Olivia Newton-John said in interviews that they had to, like, zip her, like, they had to sew her into that black leather thing while she was standing. So I don't even think, even if she wanted to take off uh-huh. her outfit, just... Not happening. No. Not yeah. without a seam ripper. And again, like, you and I are on the same page. I, I didn't say I wanted them to yeah. stay together. And, like... He's a delinquent. This is the 50s. Like, I don't think divorce was on the table ever. Like, they're married right out of high school, right when they're expected to get married. Danny gets a job at, like, a mechanic, you know, place somewhere. 
Sandy becomes a housewife to this tiny little house that they can still afford because it's the 50s. And maybe her parents are disappointed that her like their daughter chose a delinquent and they send her some money every month to keep them afloat. And they have like three kids because Danny doesn't wear condoms because he's too <laughs> cool to wear them. And there's no such thing as birth control and they mm-hmm. can't fucking afford it if they, even if they, it was a thing. And then they just turn into those parents in the 70s where the dad is balding and the mom goes to Tupperware parties and then they die sad. <laughs> yeah. And they yeah. keep they keep looking through the yearbooks, being like, "Oh, where's my where Danny go?" <laughs> go from the fifties to the sixties. Hairspray. All right, you ready? Yeah. Three, two, one. Yes. No. You f- Mine's with like a question mark. Okay. My my whole reasoning is just like there is not enough evidence in the movie to make me like believe that they're like meant for each other and believe and like really see them together like in the future i'm not saying that like they couldn't work together i Mm -hmm. feel like they probably could i just don't think that there is enough like to go off of Mm -hmm. in my opinion to like have a definitive answer it's so because i agree with you at the same time it's the 60s where it's like how much did they need Mm -hmm. and it's like my favorite part of hairspray is when the movie ends right before the cops are on the stage and take tracy to jail for assaulting a police officer that's still ha- there there the movie ends with the police in the wings mm-hmm. they are waiting for a commercial to go on the stage tracy is going to go to jail like that is not you think just cutting away to the credits will make me forget that she's gonna go to jail no. for assaulting an officer they've been looking for her that's not made up do you think they're just gonna drop the charges they're like oh well, the power of dance yeah. compels us but yes i think they do but i don't think it's immediate like Tracy will go to jail <laughs> for a little bit. And I just think that Link's spine is made of jelly. And he'd be yeah. like, Trace, <laughs> Trace, believe me, I'm with the movement. But this march is on the same day as this dancing telephone <laughs> I'm doing. I just don't think I can make this one swing, baby girl. I think Tracy does that thing that some like badass grandparents did where they like had their 60s activist phase where like they go to jail, they go to sit-ins, protests, they get their mugshots taken. And but then like the 70s hit and then they kind of chill out a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I think Tracy will have settled down and Link will have done regional theater dancing for a while. And they'll get back together once everything's a little quieter. Because again, mm-hmm. I'm like, they had enough of a connection. It was the 60s. Like childhood sweethearts were a very popular way of marriage. And it's like, yeah. if you had that connection, then you probably have it now. Um, I just think it's a it's a yes. Eventually, like they, they are together at the end of the movie. They'll take a little break while Tracy does her activism because again it's like well i do think our our girls with it like i do think at the end of the day she's still like she's not going to make this a lifetime no pursuit she's not going to be like that the old woman that goes from school to school and explains like well, how racism affects like everyone like i don't think she'll go that far i think she'll be like well here are the 70s i can't believe racism is solved gang. Yeah. and then she'll <laughs> go back to to living a very domestic kind of like you know like her parents yeah I get that vibe. Yeah. And then I'll like, so like, girl, boss, male, wife, girl, boss, <laughs> male, wife. This is a good one. This is a good one. Camp Rock. <laughs> okay. Are you basing, so are you basing this off the first one or all three? Th- three. Then let me two. Two. There's not a Camp Rock three. Mm-mm. It's Camp Rock two, the final gem. Oh, you're right. Uh, and it, so I, <laughs> unless you've don't. come from a, a separate universe and this is your one slip up where there is a camp. Fuck. <laughs> I've been exposed. A red dot appears. I don't like- 
take the shot. Um, I don't, I know I've seen the second one. Don't remember a thing from it. So I'm just basing it off of the first one. Okay, that's fair. Um, ready? Mm-hmm. Okay, three, two, one. No. no. Yeah, this is no. obviously not. Um, yeah, number one, high school. <laughs> I told you, I told you that was going to be my reasoning for a lot of these. Two, they lead such completely different lives. Like, yeah. they just simply do not have compatible lifestyles. They don't exist in the same hemisphere. No. I, I'm like, listen, it's fun as, like, a little summer fling. Yeah. Like, you know, whatever. When we'll you always can have pretend. the summer. Yeah, like, when you're when you're at camp and you can pretend that you live on equal playing fields. <laughs> like, you know, like, that's fun. In the real world, he is literally a rock star. And she's just some teenage girl. Like, I I just do not see a universe where they end up making it work long term. Like, you think Shane Gray is in, like, Hollywood (laughs) premieres and, like, Hollywood parties being like, sorry, supermodels, sorry, famous actresses, I'm taken. My girlfriend's in high school in Iowa. Actually, I don't think we ever know where she's from. No. Or where Camp Rock even is. Some Midwest town, I feel like you can assume. So, like, they would break up and it would be Shane's fault. Yeah. He'd be like, Mitchie, you're just so intense for me. You're trying to bring me down. I have so many opportunities out here and you're always trying to text me, (laughs) call me, check up on me. Why are you crying? Why do you always cry? Yeah, I saved another girl's nudes. That's literally (laughs) normal. You're acting crazy. I was doing a photo shoot with her. Chill. And, like, they have Camp Rock and only Camp Rock. Uh, yeah. You know how, like, in Love is Blind, some couples really only liked each other because they were, like, in the pods. And once uh-huh. they're out in real life, it's like, oh. Or, or, like, when you try to hang out with, like, school friends outside of school, and then you realize that, like, the environment that you guys were in was the only thing making, like, you guys be together yeah. in the first place. Not because you actually had things in common. Yeah. Like, I had a summer fling that I tried to, you know, transfer over to school, and it just fell apart and, like, putty in my hands. That is Camp Rock for these two. They'll have that. They'll always have Camp Rock. But like, I feel like it's definitely a relationship for the summer. They're, they're cool for the summer. (laughs) Stop. The second I said it. Um. Yeah. Yeah. That's not on that. Here, I'll let you introduce this one because I. Oh my god! I totally forgot that I. (laughs) My final paragraph about Camp Rock is like, maybe she will be an underground indie singer for a while with some mild radio play. Maybe she'll move to LA eventually, but her and Shane will have broken up by then. It'll be like Halsey in the 1975. (laughs) Okay, I have to include this because not only do I, I just I need to listen. This is a real rom com, and it's real. And it's so batshit insane that I need to take you on this journey with me because I feel like we can't go through rom-com couples without mentioning them. And I want more people to know that this is an actual movie that was made. Mm-hmm. So it's Kate and Leopold starring Meg Ryan and Hugh Jackman. Yes. I frankly had never heard of this movie until you put it on the list. And then I Googled it and I was like, I've never I've never seen this once in my life. Um, yeah. So under this, I just have question mark. Mm-hmm. I have the plot pulled up on Wikipedia. Amazing. Please go through this journey with me. Okay. On April 28, 1876, oh Leopold, his grace, the third Duke of Albany, is a stifled dreamer. He has created a design for a primitive elevator, and he has built a small model of this device. His strict Uncle Millard has no patience for what he sees as Leopold's frivolous interest in the sciences and new inventions, having brought him to New York City in order to marry a wealthy American heiress, as the Mountbatten family is heavily indebted. While sketching the Brooklyn Bridge during a public meeting dedicated to the completion of its Manhattan Tower, Leopold notices Stuart Besser taking photographs with an anachronistically small camera. Stuart is an amateur physicist and 
great-great-grandson of Leopold from the 21st century New York, who has discovered the existence of gravitational time portals. Later, Leopold catches Stuart in the Duke's study, fo- photographing his schi- uh, sh- sh- schematic, schematic diagrams. When Stuart attempts to flee, Leopold follows and tries to save him from falling off the unfinished bridge, only to fall with him into the time portal. What? What a sci-fi, right? No, we haven't even touched Meg Ryan yet. <laughs> Wait, so he's like great, great grandson? Yeah. Comes, found, okay. Time travels back to the past. Okay. Is like taking pictures for this okay. fucking cell phone. And then Leopold is like, Hark, you there. Uh-huh. And like follows him down this time portal to like modern day Manhattan. Okay. Interesting. Leopold awakens on a Wednesday morning in the year 2001. <gasps> is this he, pre or post 9-11? What month is it? <laughs> oh my god! Oh my so they god. filmed this pre nine eleven. He's about Leopold's about to have a super strong awakening to what New York is like in two thousand one. Wait, wait. So, do you? They filmed this like before September re- before nine yeah. eleven. Oh my god! Wait, so it was filmed. This is insane. It was filmed pre nine eleven, but released. Post 9 Yeah, I wonder why people didn't see it. Oh, no. <laughs> Do you think the American public has a stomach for movies that mm. take place in New York in this time? Ooh, okay. <laughs> he awakens in Stewart's apartment in Manhattan. Stewart explains that the portal they have traveled through has closed, but will reopen in the next Monday. It has a schedule? <laughs> okay. Until which Leopold should stay in Stewart's apartment. Yeah. As Stuart takes his dog out, he is injured by falling into the empty elevator shaft. And after ranting about a scientific discovery to the hospital, he's involuntarily committed to a menstrual institution. According to Stuart's concept, Leopold's unintentional time travel to the 21st century has caused a widespread occlusion of elevators and may cause the disappearance of Stuart himself if Leopold doesn't go back to 1876 on Monday. Oh, So because he invented the elevator, all the elevators are broken, he like shatters his whole leg by falling down the elevator shaft and then he's like out for the rest of the movie okay i i know this is me being nitpicky but like my (laughs) i have a very short like suspension of disbelief (laughs) simply because i'm a very logical person um i'm i know you don't have an answer for this but so they are trying to say that by him time traveling the like the existence of an elevator is non-existence um but there are still elevator shafts. Just no elevator. Why would they build no, I an think, elevator shaft? I think it wasn't that the elevators aren't existing. It's that there's problems with them because the fate of whether or not they'll be invented hangs in the balance. So they're like malfunctioning. Oh, so there are elevators. Yeah. They're just bad. Yes. Okay. Okay. I'm Which following. makes just as much yeah. sense. But Okay. Okay. Leopold is intrigued by the cynical and ambitious Kate McKay, Stuart's ex-girlfriend. No. <laughs> who lives downstairs. He's, uh, he says that he she- He lives in the same building as his ex. Yeah. That would suck. <laughs> I'm sorry. They're sorry, like neighbors. Stuart. King, that- I feel. I feel for you. That sucks. He says that she produces the impression of a career woman, and upon learning that she works in market research- A fucking course she does. <laughs> They, then you could put product placement in your movie if mm-hmm. they, you know, it's all market research. Ironically remarks, mm, a fine avocation for women. Research. Perfect for the feminine mind. <laughs> Later on, Kate's boss tells her the same thing. Quote, you skew male. You're like a man. A man who understands women, their desires, their needs. You understand them, but you're not really one of them. 
end quote. This movie's a real movie. Okay. Kate shrugs it off and demands that Leopold take Stuart's dog for a walk. Back at the apartment, he befriends Charlie, Kate's brother, and an aspiring actor who believes him to be an actor as well, steadfast to his character. On Thursday morning, Kate becomes impressed by Leopold's eloquent exposition of how important the tastiness of food is to the quality of human life. Basically, he like goes on a rant about fresh creamery butter, and she goes, say that again. Say fresh cream, creamy butter again, and has him be like a spokesperson for this butter. Um, Leopold? Yes. Okay. okay. After the successful audition, Kate and Leopold stop by a horse-drawn tourist carriage to hail a taxi, at which moment a thief snatches Kate's briefcase and flees into Central Park. Seeing Kate run after the purse snatcher, Leopold borrows one of the horses and hurries to help her. Riding together with Kate, he drives the thief into an impasse and forces him to drop the briefcase. Bedazzled by the sight of Leopold riding on a white horse to her rescue, Kate begins to admit that his 19th century dukedom may be for real. On Friday, Leopold hires a violinist and invites Kate to a rooftop dinner that he made, which ends with a waltz and a first kiss. On Saturday, <laughs> see how they're like day-to-day? Uh-huh. They take a stroll around Lower Manhattan and come across Uncle Millard's home, where Leopold retrieves a metal box with his boyhood treasures. In the evening, he tries to propose to Kate, but she falls asleep on his lap. They fall asleep cuddling. <laughs> on Sunday... Leopold acts in the commercial, but walks off the set upon finding the diet margarine disgusting. Leopold chastises Kate about integrity, to which she counters that he lacks connection with reality. Realizing that their time together is nearly over, they both spend an evening in subdued contemplation. On Monday morning, Stewart escapes from the asylum and sends Leopold to his own time, which makes the elevators work again. How do you think this movie ends? That's not the end? No. Um... How do you think this movie ends? Does she go back in time and live with him in his time? She goes back in time. <laughs> I absolutely guessed that. I was just like, if I was writing this movie, what would, what would I do? That is ridiculous. That's absolutely ridiculous. But the fact that she is like so smitten with his way of life, like it makes sense. I guess it makes sense that that would like, be like, ending. But like... He gets acclimated to, like, modern-day society very quickly. Oh, if anything, okay. he just, like, he has, like, good manners. So, like, in any other movie, he would just stick around. But no, because, like, Stuart finds, like, a picture of Kate from, like, the 1800s, and he's mm-hmm. like, you're supposed to go back. And she's literally going to get a promotion. And then she's like, what if, instead of a job, you realize that what you really want is someone to know you? And she literally, oh. she goes back in time to 1876, well, and she missed 9 11. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't So, um, do I think they end up together? Women could not divorce in England until 1923. So, I don't even think it was an option for her to even. Mm-hmm. I'm like, hope you got your smallpox vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> Women in England couldn't vote yet, Kate. Yeah. Like, holy yeah, shit. Yeah, why would that be the decision that you make? I um, need to immediately see this film. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's so crazy because, like, in every other one, it's like, you know, the career girl needs to learn that love is the answer. But never has it took a shit on the, like, even to the point of women having rights that this movie does. Where it's like, you know what her problem is? Not just the modern world, but rights. She needs to go back yeah. and be a duchess who can't vote. She doesn't know how to be a duchess. I'm just like, she will be, she'll probably die of dysentery, frankly, in like three months. Because she can't stand the stench of England. 
Okay, but if you were just robbed and a man got on a horse, like a bareback horse, <laughs> and ca- like accosted the, and they were Hugh Jackman, the thief, yeah, and he was Hugh Jackman, like I would, I would be smitten. I would, it, it would get I mean, me. Like you know what? Listen. I don't even think women need to vote. <laughs> as long as you have a man on a horse, why does it matter? No, I'm kidding. Okay, yeah, so that was Kate and Leopold. Add that wow. to the queue as well. Yeah, what a what a journey. Um, The Princess Diaries 2. Okay. 3, 2, 1. No. Yes. Fuck! <laughs> Interesting. You go first. Okay. Justice for Michael. Okay. Let's get that out of the way. Michael is the guy from the first yes. movie? Her friend? Okay. Yes. Okay. To be fair, it, is, it was like five years since we last saw them. Mm-hmm. So like, he very well could have just broken up with her off screen. We'll never know. But she's like literally now the queen of a foreign nation. Literally, the queen of a foreign nation. She can't just have like a musician boyfriend. So it is probably for the best that she ends up with someone who was also well-trained for like government affairs. And like they don't, they're not married or anything. She does that iconic speech of like, why should I wed to Mm -hmm. rule Genovia? And they're like, oh, good point. Never thought about it that way. (gasps) And he just like bends the knee for her. And I'm just like, ooh, are we going to have like a, like a bodyguard situation? But even if it was just like, her, you know, on the down low situationship forever, he would still be like, so you have any, like, questions about Genovia? She went to college for, like, this shit. I know she knows what she's doing, but it's always good to have, like, someone who also knows what you do for mm, work. Mm-hmm. He can be, like, you know, the first man mm-hmm. and be helpful. And as much as we miss Michael, and in a ton of ways, I genuinely prefer Michael for her, um, Nicholas is also, like, Chris Pine. So, like, we could do way worse. Yeah. Am I right, ladies? Yeah, Chris Pine. Chris Pine is a pretty pretty decent choice uh, <laughs> if you have to make one. I, okay, I said no because I kind of feel like, like, they are so obviously deeply attracted to each other. <laughs> but I, maybe you're changing my mind. Oh. Maybe you're changing my mind. Because my whole thing was I'm kind of like, listen, I think that they're attracted to each other, but I don't really see, like, enough substance there for them to like build a relationship off of Mm. but then i didn't i didn't think about the fact that like he's literally like a born and raised genovian like he he can kind of like maybe help her in areas that like she's not as well versed in because like obviously she didn't grow up there um I think I think you might have changed my mind. I don't know. I don't know. I think, yeah, because now I'm thinking about when they're like under the tree and they're talking and stuff, and I'm like, maybe they could. Maybe they could. The work. only awkward thing is like he was also like eligible for the throne and he like abdicated yeah. so she could have it. So then it would just be like, are you ever gonna be king Wait, ever? Didn't I think I looked? I think I looked this up. Aren't they like first cousins? Don't say that. Don't say that. I think they might. Kaylin, don't. How? I, I, how? They're definitely dare you say closely that related. I think they're close. Let me. One moment. Okay. Oh, fourth cousins. Not horrible. Yeah. They it might says, have fucked up kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It says um, he was named after his grandfather. He and Mia share a common royal ancestor, um, King Chevalier. Nicholas is the great, great, great grandson of the king. This means that Nicholas and Mia are something akin to fourth cousins. So, like, they are a little bit related. It's a tiny foreign nation. I'm sure everyone's related to everyone. Yeah, yeah. Um, Wherever are, it is that Genovia is supposed to be. They're a tiny bit related. <laughs> but who among but us? <laughs> Aren't we all just human when it comes to it? I only see one race, the human race. 
Um, uh, it could be worse than Fourth Cousins. Let's just say that. That's, yeah. That's, it could be better. It could but be better. It could be worse. It could be worse. Um, yeah, I think I might I might concede here. I, I, I think that they could stay together. I think I see it. I think you changed my mind. Because my whole thing, my whole thing was just like... Both of us going... <laughs> my whole thing was simply that there wasn't enough evidence within the film but i'm not reading between the lines like you are and i feel like that really brought a new perspective a so yeah i'm like thank you you're thank like you. i only read the synopsis and you <laughs> you're reading between the lines of the synopsis um okay next up the parent trap the parents of the parent the trap. parents of the parent trap. i don't care about the butler and the and the house what is Nanny? what is Chessie? Is she? I guess the housekeeper. Yeah, those are two gay people. They don't. This is censorship, Disney, and I won't allow it. It's just we're just talking about the parents. Yeah. Okay. Uh, three, two, one. Yes. yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, but I have a complicated yes. Me too. Okay. Me too. So they really end this movie right as you're about to go like, oh, how will that work? And the movie goes, oh, don't worry about that. <laughs> Wedding end credits. I think they make it, but I that it is not a happy marriage. Like most designers have multiple estates, so I can picture Elizabeth taking the old PJ out most weekends to her husband's winery in Napa. But I think, so I don't think the travel is an issue, at least for her. I think she's always kind of like a jet setter as most fashion designers are. I can Mm -hmm. see her being the one that travels. Um, But I think this is a marriage of arguments. Like where do we raise our daughters? Do we like the American school systems? Where will we spend holiday? My grandfather's sick, Nick, and he's old and he needs to see the girls more. Like, whoever. I think they're both too scared to be single again, mm. so they won't divorce, but I can see the twins growing up and being like, okay, maybe we shouldn't have gotten mom and dad back together again. Yeah. Here's my thing. I'm like, I want to hope that they stay together simply. Well, I'm like, no, I'm like, mm. For the kids' sake. Um, mm. But I hope that it's a happy marriage for the kids' sake. Um, because I guess, yeah, there's two types of trauma that could go with this. One, trauma if, like, you think your parents are finally getting back together again. And then they're like, mm, actually, it's not working out. Yeah. Um, or there's also the trauma of, like, they get back together, but then it's, like, a horrible marriage. And you have to, like, live through that. Um, but also, I... Do they ever explain like really why they broke up like do they make it clear just that they had like different like they their lives were going in different directions i think in the speech when they're in the cellar she's like we were so young and you know you just got you know my first designs Mm -hmm. and i think it was just like they were immature and then like it turned violent they keep saying like he she threw a hair dryer at him oh my god at his his head oh And then she's like, and when I, so I packed and I went home and you never chased after me. And he's like, I didn't know you wanted me to. I'm sorry. I love how I'm like, do you remember what happened? And you're like, oh yes, I have the script uh, memorized (laughs) word for word. (laughs) And then he said, and then she, um, sorry. (laughs) I wish, I wish it could be me. Um, Yeah. I'm like, I think, okay. Okay. That makes sense. So yeah, I feel like they're both maybe in places where they're like more mature and they Mm. can make it work and they can like reconnect over the values that like originally brought them together. Um, but I also think, I don't know if she would need to travel that much. I mean, she's like a successful wedding designer. Couldn't Mm. she, I feel like she can kind of design from anywhere. True. I just think like the London is more of like the fashion capital than Napa, like Napa. But I guess California yeah. is California. Yeah. She, she, 
she probably would have to travel for work, but I don't think it would be like Constant. an every weekend thing. Mm. Yeah, I feel like she might have to do something like every month or so. Yeah, like a conference um, or something. Yeah, just to like maybe go back. But I'm sure she could like open up, then maybe she could open up design like, um, I guess, centers in California too. And then she could be like expanding her business in that way. Um, like a queen. But um, yeah, I, I hope that they stay together. I do think that through their like remarriage, they would have some troubled times because like, obviously there are reasons why they broke apart in the first mm-hmm. place. Um, and took a child and ran. Yeah. Never to be like, with the implication that they would never see each other ever again. Yeah. So I'm kind of like, like the, there's obviously reasons why they broke up. And I think some of that stuff is probably going to like, come back up and they don't really yeah. show them like working through that at all in the film there's no time um yeah like it's like a, a pg rated <laughs> like they're not it's like an hour and a half film also like there's a, but, but the parent trap is three movies in one movie like mm. it's a summer camp movie and then it's a um like switched places movie and then it's a let's get mom and dad back together and then it's like shenanigans with meredith blake that's four movies mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of movies in one movie they had no time to be like all right nick let's let's try this one for real <laughs> No. That's for the sequel. (laughs) Okay. Next up, a personal fave. Mm -hmm. The Hunger Games. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously Katniss and Peeta. Mm -hmm. Three, two, one. Yes. Yes, Of course. Yeah. Of fucking course. I love them so much. I didn't even write anything down for them because it's just such an unspoken, obvious thing. Mm -hmm. I love them. I could go on about the two of them for like the rest, but we're already so long in this episode. I get a whole a whole podcast just here's dedicated to those two. Yeah, I'm like, he- here's the thing. Um, I feel like their relationship is portrayed differently in the films than it is in the books. Mm. Because when you're reading the books, for me, it is very, very clear that like Peta and Katniss should be together. Yeah. But then in the movies, at least in the first one, like they make it seem like she's just do it. Like she doesn't actually have feelings for it and she has to force it for like her own safety's sake. Mm-hmm. And like, that's not how it was in the book. Mm-hmm. I like that is not like they had a real connection. Um, and also like they both not to like trauma bond them, but like they did both experience the same trauma. Um, and I think because of that Katniss, who is someone who is like, very emotionally closed off like traditionally i think she can really like trust him with her feelings they can have like deep conversations and kind of like work through that together um and also okay i'm sorry anyone who thinks that katniss and gail belong together i'm like yes i'm like they're friends there was maybe a romantic connection Mm -hmm. they do not belong together in my opinion and there's even a thing i remember i think it's in the um last book where like Katniss is, like, you know, married to Peta. They have kids. They're, mm-hmm. like, doing stuff. And then Gail, like, they, like, reconnect and have a conversation. If I'm remembering this correctly, I could be making this up. <laughs> it could be um, a fanfic. Yeah. But but I'm pretty sure that happens. And, and I feel like they're connected in a different way just because, like, they are childhood friends. And it reminds me of, like, we, we recently watched Past Lives. And it kind of reminds uh. me of Past Lives where, like, I feel like Peta is her Arthur. Where... Yeah, like, like he's there for her and he's so sweet and so kind and so mm. caring and such a good partner. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Gail, there's like, I think a lot of people want them to be together because they're like, oh my God, um, Liam Hemsworth is so sexy. <laughs> like, I feel like if that's you, the are you, reason. are you, t- if you're team Gail, get out of my face. No. no. I think she even says it best. Like the last line of the last book, it was just like, 
I thought I needed Gail's fire. I have plenty of fire. Yeah. I need someone to remind me that life is worth living. Plus, then she gets to be the caretaker because he has his own, like, yeah, in- illnesses to go through. Yeah. They are like the gold standard. <laughs> it's not even a, it's not a, it's not a yeah. debate. No, they're they belong together. Um the the kissing booth. <laughs> this is a, this is yet another film. I've only seen the first one. I have no idea what ha- I think there's three of them. I have no idea what happens in the second or third. So my opinion is solely based on the first one. <laughs> and Skylar has told me that there is a definitive answer to this that <laughs> happens in the third movie. Um, but my opinion is not based on that. Okay. Okay. I'm, well, okay. Three, two, one. No. no. <laughs> Fuck no. First of all, this is a Wattpad romance. Yeah. So it ha- it's all the toxicity of the Wattpad <laughs> over dominating, like domineering boyfriend. They fight all the fucking time. They can never communicate effectively worth a shit. It's always really weird because, like, he's her best friend's brother. And it's never it's never good. And the definitive mm-hmm. answer is in the third one, they literally do break up. And yeah. I, I said, like, you said that some fans are like, it's ambiguous. It is not. They go to different colleges and they meet up for, like, presumably the first time since they've broken up. And then they're just like, hey. And he's like, if you want to want to ride a motorcycle sometime, let me know. And she's like, okay. And they smile. Mm-hmm. And then they go their separate ways. And that's the end of it. No. What? Yeah. I, I have no compelling reason for why these two need to occupy each other's space yeah yeah again i've only seen the first one and simply based off that like their lives are just moving in separate ways they're in high school (laughs) we have to repeat like i just don't yeah i don't see them ending up together which like awkward for her and her best friend's relationship but also like they're in high school so maybe like they kind of grow apart too and it's not that awkward i don't know all right the devil wears prada this sounds is a rom-com um this and is also our last one. oh wait no i have one i have <gasps> shit yeah i have, have never you... seen that <gasps> so this oh gonna be your kate and leopold bring me through okay it. okay one of my one of my favorite rom-coms is crazy stupid love um i feel like not that it gets a bad rap, but I've had people be like, no, it's not that good. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> um, no, a, a big reason why I really like it is because I feel it's the same reason why I love. Um, oh, my God. What's that one British movie where it show it has Natalie Portman and she is um, like married to this guy's like best friend and then he ends up like falling in love with her but then it's what the fuck i'm star wars (laughs) (laughs) it's love love always oh have you seen that no (gasps) okay i love love always and a big reason why i love love always is because is because it's one of those movies that shows like all different types of love you have romantic love, mm. you have familial love, you have friendship, you have like, I, I just adore the fact that it like approaches love in all these different ways, because I feel like, especially in movies, it is only shown mo- romantically. Yeah. And like, it does have that aspect to it. And it also like, it follows all these different families and like how, and, and like couples and stuff and like how all of their paths kind of cross. Um, I just love that movie. But anyway, we're not talking about the movie. We're talking about Crazy Stupid Love. And specifically, we are talking about Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone in that movie. Emma Stone in that movie, Jacob and Hannah. Um, yes, I think that they end up together. Okay. Because, listen, 
Jacob is. Do you know anything about Crazy Stupid Not Love? Not even a little. Okay, let me pull up. <laughs> let me pull up the synopsis. You're like you for got you. your synopsis. It's my synopsis time. Um. So Steve Carell. Steve Carell plays Emma Stone's um the dad. What the fuck. Yeah. Literally, like it's it's a good cast. Yeah. Steve Carell and Julianne Moore are Emma Stone's p- parents. What? And then Ryan Gosling. Marissa Tomei. Joey yeah. King. <laughs> She pops her fucking face yeah. back in here. Josh then. Groban. <laughs> Who is Josh Groban? Kill yourself. <laughs> Kevin Bacon. What is this guy? I'm telling you. It's it's so good. Okay, let's pull up the synopsis. Oh, God. This is long. We don't have to go through all of this. Um, but, okay. So, basically, Cal Weaver, Steve Carell, um, learns that his wife... Emily Julianne Moore um, has been cheating on him with a co or maybe just cheated on him once with a coworker, oh, Kevin Bacon. Kevin! And wants a divorce. So he's like divorced dad syndrome. Like he's moving into his own apartment. He doesn't know how to date. Um, he's just like so like he's been married like he married I'm pretty sure they were high school sweethearts and they married mm. and like he literally just has no idea how to like talk to women um, so he begins frequenting a bar um, talk- and like gets really drunk and he's talking really loudly about like his divorce and like how his life sucks <laughs> and Ryan Gosling comes up his name's Jacob. Um, and he's like a womanizer. He's like always at this bar, you know, just trying to see like how many, like he's always going home with a different girl. Um, like he has, he has Riz. That's like the whole thing. I know. I'm sorry. Um, but that's like the whole thing. Like he's just this very like suave, you know, charismatic guy. Um, and basically he overhears Steve Carell, like going on about how like miserable his life is. And he's like, he takes pity on him and he's like, I'm gonna help you out. Like I'm gonna help him out. And um, he basically starts, like, coaching him. So he takes him shopping, gets him a new wardrobe, teaches him about, like, the art of seduction. And they end up becoming, like, friends. <laughs> and then they end up falling cute. in love. And they end up falling in love. Please, please. No, they they end up becoming friends. Um, so, yeah. So then there's the whole storyline of, like, Cal trying to, like revitalize like his his love life and and like that's a whole storyline that's not the storyline that we're we're (laughs) discussing so hannah a law student which at this i may have kind of ruined it but at this point in the movie you don't know that hannah is steve carell's daughter um about to take the bar exam and is expecting a marriage proposal from her boyfriend josh Josh groban Who among us? I know. Uh, Hannah's best friend, Liz, doesn't believe Hannah's happy with Richard, Josh Groban, um, and thinks that she should have hooked up with Jacob the night the two met. They, they like, met at this bar. He tried to, like, swoon her, and she was like, um, no. It was very much like he was trying to be like, hey, girl, like, what's up? And I'm she Ryan was Gosling. Like, I know, and she's like, I'm studying for the bar exam. Leave me alone. Yeah. Um, at the bar. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Best place to study. So, um, yeah, so she's like, you should have hooked up with that hot guy that that night and she's like i'm literally about to get proposed to what do you mean (laughs) um so after hannah passes the bar exam richard does not propose but instead extends a job offer at his law firm um leaving hannah hurt and disappointed so like she he's like i've had this i have this big dinner like i'm inviting all of your friends and family and she's like oh my god it's gonna happen it's gonna happen and he's like you should work for me and she's like Hmm. Um, so she storms from the restaurant and returns to the bar where she originally rejected Jacob. And of course, he's there. And Hannah pulls his attention from another young woman and kisses him passionately. Oh. The two return to Jacob's home, plan to have sex, but end up staying awake all night long 
talking. Oh my god. Jacob soon starts a relationship with Hannah. So they're like (laughs) dating. Yeah, they're dating. And during this time, Jacob is still like spending time with Cal and like, you know, trying to get him, you know, like they're friends. But then like Cal kind of gets jealous because he's like, you're spending all this time with this new girl. Like I thought we were friends, whatever. (laughs) So then, so then Hannah is, um, is like, hey, like mom and dad, I like, I have this guy. I really want you to meet him like I think he might be the one and then Ryan Gosling shows up and Steve Carell because Steve Carell knows all this shit about him he's like I know how you treat women you are not going to be with my daughter like he completely does not and he's also like you betrayed me like this like my best friend um and it's this whole thing so that's like mostly what you need to know for this um so he does end up like seceding and he's and he's like you know what Jacob like I approve. Like, I see how you treat my daughter. I see how you've changed. Like, welcome to the fam. Um, So, yeah, he's already besties with Hannah's dad. He's in. And then, like, their connection is just so, like... Like, I feel like this is a movie that, like, actually shows their connection. And it's, like, they do have something deeper than just, like, sexual attraction. Um, They stay up all night long, like, talking. You really see, like, their relationship grow and develop. Um, And, like, they're clearly very compatible. And I think as long as Jacob stays committed and doesn't get bored or scared off too easily, which I do kind of see happening, maybe. Uh Um, But I think as long as he can stay committed, like, I see them together. Aww. Yeah, it's a good movie. I add, love that we movie. We have to add that to the queue too. I know we do. We Damn. Do. <laughs> okay. Okay. What a good pitch. Okay. All right. Last Our one. Final cinema. It's Devil Wears Prada. The couple. It's just what are their names? I don't even know. It's um uh, Anne Hathaway and her bitch ass boyfriend. Yeah. So we're not even doing the three, two, one. It's a no. <laughs> no. No. Absolutely not. He's awful. He sucks. And like the fact that she genuine like I get it. Like leave the job if you're unhappy. But mm. it, it's framed like she left the job because he was like a big part of that. And like mm-hmm. I'm losing myself in this job. I genuinely don't know if he would be happy if she were successful anywhere. Yeah. Like. he's constantly preying on her downfall like throwing herself into any sort of job i feel like would make him feel really pissed off i'm like okay not all of us can like only half-assed loved our jobs as chefs okay and like some of us love to work and i just think if she ever found something that she was genuinely passionate in that she would also put her whole fucking like pussy into it Mm -hmm. he would be like i feel like i don't even know you anymore anne hathaway's character no it's it's uh, andy (gasps) your mom she calls it she's like andrea Oh, what, yeah. Um, Meryl Streep called her. What's his name? Let's see. Nate. Oh, fuck. I, we said the same thing. I've never met a good Nate. In my mm. life have I ever met a good Nate. In my life. Um, yeah, that 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 ended. With, hold on. I want to go through. How many of these do I actually think ended up together? Nine. Okay, one. actually, nine. That's more than I thought. Yep. Sorry, this was a, this was a long one, everyone. But if you want yeah. more couples, please feel free to let us know if we missed any, because this is also really fun. I love treating um, fictional people like real people. Yeah. I think I technically have 10, because you changed my mind on one of them. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, we had about, about the same amount. And who says romance is dead? Not I. <laughs> Not me, two hours ago. <laughs> I, I certainly didn't say that. I'll take back. Um, yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. Let us know if you liked this, I guess, style of, of pod. I don't know. Um, we are on Spotify podcast. Or, nope, pod- we are on podcast. <laughs> we, are- <laughs> we are on... <laughs> We 
on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, um, and YouTube. We are on podcast. We are on podcast right now. I am. I am podcast right now. Um, yes. Thank you so much for listening. And I love you. Come back next week. And thanks for listening to two two hours. Um. All right. Bye. Bye. Ha <laughs> ha!